Eric, we gotta work on your timing, man. I'm just saying, like, whenever I'm doing a countdown. <laughs> hey, just go. I'm like, going. Don't wait for me. It's, I mean, it's too late. I mean, we're, don't wait for me. We're already in the show, by the way. So, everyone, welcome to another um, another episode here, uh, talking talking Trek. Welcome to the Talking Trek podcast, the late night airwaves. Anyway. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and um, I have the giggles tonight because um, Eric doesn't know how a countdown work work works. Words are hard today, apparently. So uh, thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. Um, we are here today to talk about you guessed it, Star Trek. More specifically, Star Trek Prodigy season one, because that's that's all we got right now. Episode three, which is kind of weird, um, Starstruck. But we'll get to that a little bit later on. Um, I don't know if we got all our giggles out, but Eric is kind of red, kind of not red, so I don't really know. But apart from Eric, I do have my dear friend David. So I have both the boys here today, and we're going to get into some shenanigans, and no pistol whipping will take place. So, um, Eric, how have you been, man? Was that a Super Troopers reference? Yes, it was. Well done. You picked up on it. <laughs> Excellent. Got it. I got it. Yeah. So yeah, um, I told I told you this, Chase. Um, we had a we had a, quite a giggle over oh, it. Oh, this is great, you know, everyone. I am embracing my inner cowboy. Yeah. I moved to Texas, and I finally decided it was time to embrace that inner cowboy. So last Sunday, I went to Cavenders. Cavenders is like a if you don't know, it's like a Western Outfitter store. And they do not sponsor the show. Bought, no, they do not. So I bought, you know, a pair of cowboy boots, uh, you know, a, a cowboy hat, some some western wear, and I embraced my inner cowboy. That is true. That's true. Sent Chase a picture of me wearing the hat, and he sent me a, a very <laughs> uh, remarkable likeness, a picture that was a very remarkable likeness to me. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try and find it again real quick. Oh, there it is. Here we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, Eric sent me this picture of him, you know, like wearing this thing called a Western hat. And um, I mean, what was it like, by the way? I mean, was it everything you dreamed of and more? It was, yeah, you know, it was everything I dreamed of. You know, I've never worn a pair of cowboy boots before. Um, so I wore them all day on Friday, but, you know, and, uh, took some getting used to, but yeah, I appreciate them. <laughs> so the, the picture in question that I sent to him is, um, it, it's a still from um, a show that I really enjoy, uh, a neo-western called Yellowstone starring, uh, Kevin Costner, Luke Grimes, uh, Kelly Riley. Kelly Riley was in, uh, what was it? Um... The, the Robert or the Robert Downey Jr. Jude Law uh, Sherlock Holmes movies. Um, he was in the oh shoot, well, it was a Denzel Washington movie that came out a couple years back. Uh, he played a drunk pilot. Um, Flight. Flight. Thank you. Yeah, he, uh, she was in that too. Uh, anyway, so uh, this particular character's name is Jake, and um, I have it up here um, as we're as we're doing this recording and. The likeness is impeccable, and I think like the Western hat is, is not too far off from what you got here. 
Yeah, that is totally me as a cowboy right there. That, that person. Yeah, the hat I bought was, um, it was part of like the Jason Aldean collection. That was what it was labeled. So just think of the country music singer Jason Aldean. And that's you. And the hats that you typically see him wearing. Yeah. Just picture that. Oh, I'm picturing it. On top of my bald head. I'm, I'm so picturing it. I'm so picturing it. You're straight up Jason Aldean, my man. So you're, so you're chilling on a dirt road. Yep. Mm-hmm. In my hick da- in my hick down. Wow. Going over those flyover states. <laughs> yep. Hold on, I'm about to I'm about to show um, uh, David this picture of you. You ready for this, David? Here we go. Boom. There it is. There it is. Rocking that hat. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna po- go ahead and post these like on on Twitter and and Facebook and Instagram and just embarrass the heck out of you because why not? Yeah, all right. It's all good. I wore it to I wore it to work all day on this past Friday. Man. So, you know. Okay, well, look, I told you about I told you the story about my, the boots that I got not too long ago. So, tell us about the boots, man. What kind of boots are they? Uh, they were Durango boots. Right? They were pretty tall. I mean, they were like uh more than mid-calf, I would say. They were pretty tall. Um, they had the little holes at the top, the pole holes, you yeah. know. Pretty basically a solid brown color. Um, size nine. Ooh, now we're getting personal. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so did you, all right. did you get it pointed, rounded, or square? Square. You got a square toe. Look at you being all fancy. Yeah. The pointed one, that's just, that's not me, pointed. I mean, you could get the elongated pointed ones. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like with a little, um, with a little metal, metal tip if you want to be, like, extra. <laughs> Good grief, everyone. Man. Okay. All right. Well, congratulations on your boots and your hat. Um, I don't know. Did you, Well, hold on. Did you complete the ensemble, Eric? I, I got to know this at least. Did, do you have like a Frisbee size belt buckle to complete the ensemble? I did not um, get like a big Texas size belt buckle or a bolo tie. <laughs> well, that's the show, everyone. Have it, have, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm over here, like, um, you know, like in freaking Game of Thrones, just like saying shame, 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 not getting your Texas size belt buckle. Come on now. In for a penny, in for a pound, dude. I don't think it would have went with the outfit I was wearing. I was dressing up as Curly from Of Mice and Men. Okay, yeah. yeah you and did so I that. bought like a $10 wig on Amazon, curly-haired wig on Amazon, put that on, and then put the cowboy hat on over that. <laughs> I can't... And then I wore one work, glo- one work glove on my left hand all day. You know, I kind of want you to go get it right now and just like record with your wig and your hat on. Just 
for the heck of it. I think Dave. Yeah, David wants it too. He's nodding his head. So we're gonna we're gonna wait. Go get your wig. Go get your hat, and we'll resume. <laughs> He's actually He's doing it, it, folks. He's, He's actually going, going for it. it. This is fantastic. <laughs> Oh, man. This is good podcasting right here. I love it. Love it. Fantastic podcasting material. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, non, the non-visual side of podcasting. <laughs> Can't see it, but it's happening. It's happening live on this recording. Oh, yes. Goodness, man. Oh, well, at least he's being a good sport about it. Wow. I kind of figured it would just be like be like right there, but I don't know. Maybe he had to go to his car or something, or <laughs> pick it pick it up in his car. <laughs> He's just take it wherever he goes. I don't know, man. Maybe he threw it away. Maybe he had to go in like the dumpster, go dumpster diving for it because he was like, "I'm not no. doing this anymore." Oh no. Mm. This is great. He's, he has no idea what we're talking about. He's not going to know until he listens. If he listens to this episode. I love it when a plan comes together. Here we go. All right. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Everyone, everyone, okay. I got to like do like a like a screenshot of this or something and like this is just gold right here. This is gold. I love it, Eric. This is you. This is your new look, by the way. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. What have we done? I think we need I think you need earbuds as much as you hate them. Oh, good grief! Well, everyone, Eric has um, Eric has arrived back with his um, with his um, his glorious wig and his hat, trying to make the the headphones work. Can you still hear us, my man? I I can, yeah. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> David, David, do you have like a a pink or a purple or some kind of wig? that you could wear too. I mean, should we all like wear If you have a wig, go get it. I have one in my closet I could get. No. No, no. I just don't have wigs. No. No, you you want to be no, the no, you just no, want to be the normal one. Something I've got. No. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> you just happen to have like a purple wig over there or something like you got, that. You got a wig? It's hot. it's Look, we're we're a couple a, days away from Halloween. It's fine. Just go to your wig room. It's fine. I don't know what Eric's doing, but he left. He left us. He left us. He had enough. He had enough. He's like, forget you guys. I'm going home, eh? Oh, there he is. It's it's fine, Eric. It's fine. At least stay in the wig. All right, well, I mean, I know... I know there are folks out there that... um, Anyway, 
that that wish they could see. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'll make a clip of this. And, yeah, I'm gonna, you, hopefully y'all will be seeing a clip of this. See some of this gold that we're rolling with. Yeah, I wore this all all day to work on Friday. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, David, how no, have you... I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Hold on. Our headmaster dressed up like the like Oz from the Wizard of Oz. He painted his whole face green and then wrapped himself in like a white bed sheet, like with his arms inside of it. And so he was supposed to be just like a floating head. So he was Zordon's cousin. Love it. Oh boy, oh boy, green face. We haven't phased that out yet. (laughs) Wow. I did, I did, uh, I stopped for breakfast uh, last week and the place that I went to everybody was dressing up and there was one lady in there who was dressed as Mr. T had a painted on beard oh no and like one of those skull cap mohawk things oh no I think she was just really tan it almost looked like she tried to darken her face a little bit too. It's like, eh, let's not do that. Oh no! But uh, yeah, good times. Oh goodness. Oh. Well, all right. That's great. Loving the wig, Eric. This needs. This is like now part of your uniform, all right? Like cardigan and the wig. Like, why not? It's great. Can do the hair flip. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Oh man, oh man, oh man. Well, good. It's good to see you again, Eric. Uh, wig and all, and um, glad that you've been wigging out and um, getting a little curly with it. Um, got to talk to David not too long ago, and um, I don't think much has changed in the last day or so since we last spoke. So, um, unless there is something like you ate another 13 hot dogs and you've lost another 35 minutes of your life. No, no hot dogs, unfortunately. That's mm. always a good, good thing. Yes. Uh, just, uh, just huff down a few thousand hot dogs. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was so long ago that we talked. I mean. So long ago. This guy goes on forever. It's I mean like a month a month is it's it's too too long a time, you know, or too short a time. I don't know. No. Too short a season. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> I was trying to I point understood that, that direction. Reference. I just couldn't remember the darn name. <laughs> oh man, yeah, the emergency lights are on, it's still night shift. Time wow. difference is super cool, you know. Yeah. That whole hour of time difference that we have between our, our multi-state podcast here. It's great. It's great. And we're about to have, like, a, another time shift. So freaking time shifts. Mm-hmm. This is no time to be talking about time. We don't have the time, people. Okay? We don't have the time. Oh. All right. Well... Nothing, nothing too crazy, um, at all since um, since we were last together. You know, like the so we, I think like the the last time all three of us were together was the day of the um, 
the Prodigy premiere, if I'm not mistaken. And I know I've talked to both of y'all at different points, but like that next day, man, I was like pretty dog tired, like from being up a little bit later and then having to drive all freaking day on the road and listening to an audiobook the entire time. And, you know, I'm just saying if we can do like a multi-state podcast, right? Like we should be able to do like, I don't know, some kind of like digital signing thing in the, uh, in the current zoomy zoom world that we live in instead of having to drive five hours to be at a, an office for like 10 minutes and then turn back around and drive six hours home. I mean, I'm just saying, David, can you work on that for me? Cause I would really appreciate that if you could. I'm not your secretary yet. <laughs> Don't you work for a bank though? <laughs> Can't you like come up with a better way to sign documents? Yeah, man. I mean, listen, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that'd be too easy. Put them too out of a easy. job. Stop no. trying to automate my job away. They're taking my job. They took our derbs. Well, I think we've had enough. I think we've had enough shenanigans so far. Um, I guess we should probably talk Trek and stuff. So, uh, last time that we were together, we kicked off uh, our discussion of the brand new Star Trek show, uh, which you know the name of, Star Trek Prodigy. It was a two-parter, and uh, to my understanding, this is the that was it was the first two-parter to premiere back to back since um, Enterprise back in 2001 which is kind of cool and um well well didn't um discovery had its two night two episode premiere i don't think it was back to back like broken bow I think, was i think i think it was it was like because the it both premiered actually on cbs on television and then it moved to online after that. You know, I was just trying to sound smart and cool, like I was actually paying attention to something for once, and here I am being dupled. I, I, I appreciate that. Thanks, Eric. I mean, I could be mistaken, <laughs> but I think I'm correct. You're always correct. You're the computer. I mean, not always. Not always. You're correct until you're not. <laughs> yeah. The Vulcan Hello and Battle of the Binary Stars, September 24th, 2017. 17. Hmm. Okay. Well, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not hurt at all. Um, anyway, the point is, uh, we have a new show, and uh, today we're going to be talking about Episode 3, Starstruck. Uh, last time we um, met the crew of sorts. We met uh, Dal, Gwyn, Murph, uh, Pog, Rock Talk, and Company Zero. Uh and um, them escaping essentially from a prison colony and now they are in space and there's a lot more stars than they thought there were and uh, now it's figuring out where to go and uh, this is kind of them figuring it out along with hologram Janeway so again this is um, episode 3 starstruck this is your red alert right now and um, if you have not seen this episode we're about to spoil the crap out of it so back up now go watch it um, and then come back and listen to the rest of us Otherwise, if you don't really care, keep on listening. That's cool, too. Uh, Starstruck. So um, this episode starts off kind of where it left, almost immediately where it left off with um, Hologram Janeway um, 
kind of given us the rundown of sorts and uh, starts to explain this thing called the Federation and Rock Talk and a couple other people are like, what's a Federation? And we get this little montage. I love a good montage, everyone. It was almost like we were about to do a travel by map, kind of like Muppet style or something. I just like that they can't pronounce Federation. Federation? What's a Federation? I I I gotta tell you, I love this scene. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, this is like, this is like, this is like one my heart. This scene, like, here's Jace. I know it's not actually Janeway, but it's Janeway here, and she's like explaining the Federation and how a group of group of different cultures came together for a common vision and a common goal, and. She's explaining it to them, and like she's giving them the hard sales pitch, right? Mm-hmm. And they're all eating it up, except for Doll. Freaking Doll. And she she does the the to explore strange new worlds, to seek out a new life, to boldly go where no one has gone before. And Janeway never got to say like any of that. Right. Like Archer said it in the montage at the end of. These are the voyages. Obviously, we know Picard and uh, Kirk. and Kirk said it. I guess Cisco never got to say it either. But but Janeway never got to say it, and it was just so fun hearing Kate Mulgrew those words as Captain Janeway. You know, explore strange new worlds, seek out new life, and boldly going. I I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it was also nice that you know, and we I, we I think I remember us talking about this on the prior episode you know we were hoping that this hologram was going to be more have more personality more interactive than just instructive there was even a scene later on where she's drinking coffee like, in quotations drinking coffee so much. <laughs> so much so so they put they put a lot of uh, personality into this hologram which i mean conceivably is going to be a long running fixture which makes it mm-hmm. so much better. Yeah, yeah, but also one thing that like struck me is like hologram Janeway instantly recognizes this Tellarite, Jankum Pog, right? But does he, if he's a Tellarite, does he not know what a human is? Has he never seen a human before? Does I mean the Tellarites are a founding member of the Federation? He doesn't know what the Federation is, like. I'm still a little confused on this. Like, where exactly in space this is taking place? Well, even even and the even the Medusans would be aware, right, of aware. humans and yeah. probably of the Federation. We would assume, right. So I, so I was, still, I'm still a little confused on this. Yeah. So I want to talk about that here in just a moment, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I want to talk about that in just a moment. We we have we have like the montage, we have, you know, Janeway saying saying the thing that we've always wanted her to say. And we see like a couple like Easter eggs of sorts, right? Like we see like a Spock type of, of character kind of showing up in this outline. Um and then we also see like a bunch of different ships, like some of the main ships that are showing up too. Um, of course, we see we see the um, the original Enterprise. Uh, we see the NX01 Enterprise. Um, we saw the Defiant. We did see the Defiant. We saw the, we saw Voyager as well. Here's the other thing: 
and I've been I've been seeing a little bit of um of a uh, I don't know some angst about this for whatever reason, but the discovery, like people are like freaking out about like seeing like the discovery on there because of like what we were told, uh, you know, at the end of season two, like we're gonna basically erase this thing from history. We're gonna make it like beyond, like top secret type of thing, and here it is, it's showing up. But at the same time, like the so the discovery was supposed to be like erased air quotes whatever from whatever but then there was this, there was the other one too the other like sister ship that like had originally housed um, or had the other experimental sp- uh, spore drive before it was completely destroyed by a tardigrade mm-hmm. the Glen yeah the Glen so I don't know why people are losing their mind I didn't see the disco- I didn't see the discovery in that I missed it. Mm-hmm. It was in the, um, as you look, it's in the bottom right with its really elongated nacelles. So have fun. Okay. <laughs> I'll go back and look for it. There you go. There you go. Give you, give you something to look for. Uh, but yeah, like it, it, it was neat seeing that. Um, and you know what else was really neat seeing? Like I know we saw it um, for a little bit in the, the premiere or whatever, but just seeing more and more L cars. I just loved. I love the L cars so much. That was just so cool to see uh, more of it and like seeing like some of the um, callback colors from like you know TNG, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, um, Star Trek was just was just really cool. So I really enjoyed the heck out of that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I enjoy- this was like the obligatory. Hey, we're on a new ship. Let's just go wander around and see what's out there i I mean lots of shows do this uh stargate universe is the show that immediately comes to mind if you've seen that they spend a lot of time in the first half of the first season just hey let's just walk around the ship and figure out what's out there because the ship is massive right you know so i mean we, we this episode was predictable in a sense but it was definitely a lot of fun just walking around the ship and seeing all the things that were out there. Yeah. So I think, like, to kind of go back to the how does a Tellarite not know what a human is, um, I don't know if either of you have heard this this rumor, but uh, or this, like, headcanon, whatever we want to call it, but essentially that like the the folks that we are interacting with and the people that were on that colony uh there's this this uh fan theory going on around right now that they are the children of the people that were brought into the delta quadrant by the caretaker over time okay Thoughts? but then yeah. but then how did this okay that that's possible but i still want to know how this ship got to where it was I mean because presumably it had to have been launched after voyage the Voyager returned to Earth right yeah yeah because this is tw- this mean, is right this is 2383 so I mean it's been five uh-huh. years it's been five years since Voyager came back to the Alpha Quadrant mm-hmm. I mean could the yeah. and- could the protostar have been I mean, I, I, we know about Project Pathfinder, okay? Like, I know that. But 
I'm wondering if perhaps the protostar was some kind of experimental craft that could have been sent as like an unmanned or like a very minor, like a very limited skeleton crew type of craft to try and go and find Voyager and bring it back or something. Kind of, kind of like the storyline in the episode Hope and Fear, yeah. where they introduced the quantum slipstream ship, where the guy was like pretending that it was a Federation ship, and this is like a real, oh, yeah. a real mission. Hmm. That's but I, I still don't. It, would it have been programmed with a Janeway hologram likeness, though? Um, maybe not, but. I don't know. Maybe there could have been like something along the way where there was like some kind of like firmware update or something. I don't know. And 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 if okay, well, you know what firmware update we need? The hologram should be wearing the grays, not not these not these blacks. That's true. That is that's a true statement right, right there. Yeah. Well, but then even just to add on though. I mean th- this hologram what would be its point to a fully manned ship? I mean, emergency command hologram? I mean, that's not what she is, though. She's a training hologram. Yeah, but I mean, that, that but my, my point is, is that if the ship had a crew or a skeleton crew, why would it need a training hologram? Because conceivably, if you were sending it to the Delta Quadrant on purpose, for whatever reason, I don't think you'd want it to be a training run. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Well, you know what I mean, Eric. Um, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not too um, um, well versed, like with like the uh, the Borg children storyline. So you're gonna have to help me out with this one. With okay. with um, Echeb. Okay, like we know, like by the time Picard rolls around um, in a flashback scene, that he had become a Starfleet officer. Was yes. it on Voyager, or was it the expectation after Voyager, after they got back, that he was going to be doing Starfleet training? I can't remember that. Well, I think I think there's a in season seven he like when they've like established communication with with earth right veg barkley helped them establish contact i think they like sent in an application to starfleet academy for egypt and then they were going to start training him and having him take classes on voyager along the way so i mean I mean, if, if we're just going to keep guessing at this, like what what the purpose of the protostar is in its design and its function, I mean, it, it looks very limited. I mean, especially like with the way that the, the loading ramp door is set, which is kind of different in the grand scheme of things. Like where that's where you would think like the deflector dish would be. But instead, I think like the deflector dish is like kind of positioned um, further up where like it's... Um, like part of its lighting is taking place. Maybe there's like a double function with that. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, per- well, perhaps I, I think I think it'll keep finishing. What, what, what I'm thinking is like, you know, with Janeway and like the crew of the USS Voyager having spent seven slash 
70 years in the Delta Quadrant, perhaps this is like a diplomatic olive branch kind of thing as like a an open invite to like people of the Delta Quadrant that want to be part of the Federation, that want to join Starfleet, that this is like some kind of training vessel like to ferry you back. I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of... Yeah, yeah, because because the hologram Janeway did say that her mission was to help the crew return to Federation space. Mm-hmm. That is something she said. Yeah, but how, but much, like, how I, much sense does that make? I mean, how how often would the Federation give up obvious technology? Yeah, I see. I think this is going to be like the big mystery of this show, at least for the the first season if not for more because like what does the divin the diviner diviner, diviner. what does the diviner. diviner want with this ship why why is it so important to him i think if you look if you, I, you watch the opening the intro the intro was at the beginning this time not at the end if you watch toward the end of it there's a point where like part of the back like opens up and like an extra like engine comes out and then the cells like bend down so it's like is there some extra experimental engine here? And then also, right when we're exploring the ship, in the engineering room, Jankum Pog is like, there's two warp cores. Why does the ship need two warp cores? And then they're like, wait, what is that thing yeah. right there? And we have no idea. So there's definitely some exper- some experimental propulsion system or something going on with this ship. And I think the show is the big mystery of the show will be what is the purpose of this ship? What is the mystery techni- piece of technology here? Yeah, I'm, I'm. And so I think it's probably okay if we don't know all the answers right now. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, what fun would that be? Um, no, I want everything spoon-fed to me <laughs> right now. I don't want to have to figure anything out. Just tell me exactly what I need to know right away. Give me an exposition dump. Look, man, look. Give it, give it, give it just a few more weeks, and you'll get plenty of exposition dump, bro. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Maybe just like one more, one more like little thought with like, because I mean, like, cause yeah, like the 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 two warp cores, and then like the mysterious whatever it was in the middle of that stuff. Um knowing that it took for freaking ever like we don't know first off we don't know where thing this thing is placed in the in the delta quadrant this could be on the other side of the delta quadrant kind of where the caretaker took voyager for all we know and perhaps a big perhaps this um the the protostar has somehow ended up on that the far side of the delta quadrant and these two warp cores and this whatever maybe it's like a combination of like slipstream and warp drive that um, allows for extra super duper light travel whatever i don't know maybe it's got like some board technology that's possible like their mm-hmm. their transwarp things it's possible i don't know I mean, we know Janeway probably has a lot of information on that. Yeah. And Seven of Nine. And Seven of Nine. 
I had this I had this dumb dumb thought like we know Chakotay is going to be in it. What if the protostar was originally his and he just like lost it? <laughs> <God>. <laughs> and like they're maybe they're all like trapped in the Delta Quadrant and he's going to be like, "Hey, thanks for rescuing my ship." <laughs> That'd be something. Like he's stuck in the Delta Quadrant again. Man, that would suck being stuck in the Delta Quadrant twice. Like you spent seven slash seventy years in the Delta Quadrant, and you back home for just a little bit, and then you go get stuck in it again. Come on now. <sighs> See, this is this is why you should should or shouldn't do fan theory stuff. Anyway, well, so so moving moving along past this, like it was a great montage. I love seeing um, the stuff, and I really appreciated like very plainly. Uh, breaking it down Barney style explaining Federation and Starfleet for once like I think that's like the first time or like one of the very few times that it's actually been broken down and separated so I like that um, especially for like the new the, the people that are coming into Star Trek for the first time like Federation Starfleet what yeah yeah especially because uh, in this past season of Discovery we met Starfleet right Admiral Charles Vance was the CNC of Starfleet. Right. But we never met. And there was the, he had the negotiation with Osira. And it's like, where is your Federation president? Oh, well, he's given me the authority to like negotiate. But like, where is, where are the Federation diplomats and ambassadors and the council? It's like, we weren't distinguishing the difference in that in this past season of Discovery. Right. Well, and it also got a little bit, uh, at, at least uh, for me, it got a little bit mushed together with Burnham and her sort of starry-eyed Federation view. Where does the Federation begin with her, and where does the Starfleet begin, and where does it all end and everything? But, um, but yeah, that was, that was a neat little delineation. doesn't happen too often. No. No, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, and then I guess what like really happens next is they're they're gonna try and figure out where to go. Like Janeway's trying to say, "Hey, let's go back to the Federation uh, territory, essentially." And Dow's like, "Nah, we don't need to do that. Let's go anywhere but there." And like has like this um, anti-establishment kind of mindset about him, and like, "Hey, let's go to the big." red shiny planet that looks cool let's go there the complete opposite direction and completely tells Janeway to, to shut up and to shove it and then fun things happen yeah yeah so I, I, I want to I want to dig into to doll here there's something I wanted to talk about after after he basically tells like you know hologram Janeway nope don't want to go there he, he basically gives this big speech about how like the Federation is just another group of people in charge and they're telling you what to do and I'm rejecting all authority in a sense. I'm going to be an anarchist. We're not going to take it. No. Oh, sorry. But like, but like, but in, in episode one, we were given like this speech, like he's different from all the rest of the prisoners because he still has hope. But is his, was his hope just hope that I can escape and it's not like does he not have an optimistic view of 
like the universe and the galaxy? Is he really this anti-establishment or is this going to be where we see his character growth and him come around? We had to get this hard stance from him at the beginning of the Federation is just another group of people that they're only looking out for themselves and they're just going to tell us what to do and I'm rejecting that. And correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't wasn't it said that uh, they didn't know who his people were? Right. Yeah, we don't know yeah, what species it is. species is. Okay. Yeah, and the thing that um, we don't know either, unless I just completely missed it in the premiere last time, was, you know, ostensibly he's been... Uh, prisoner there his whole whole life um his very short life but maybe he's also been a prisoner elsewhere too so perhaps prison and um authority like authority coming from other people instead of him you know being able to determine what his destiny of sorts is going to be um has not been in his control so i mean if that's the case it would make sense for him to have that attitude but at the same time, the, like you said, Eric, you know, he, he was characterized in such a way that he's got this hope that other people have, like, lost. They've, they don't have this optimism. They're, they're jaded because of being on this asteroid penal colony for freaking ever. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm hoping that we'll see it. And I, I have a sneaking suspicion that by the time that we get to the, the season finale that we're going to see a completely different one and he's going to be, like so much more optimistic and utopian Star Trek-like everyone else is pretty much, except for a certain Michael Burnham. What? Couldn't help yourself, could you? I couldn't. I just couldn't help myself. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm going to take my shuttlecraft and go home. (laughs) Hey, but first, let's go to the mess hall. Yeah. Mess hall. I'm a little short on credits. Uh, Sorry. Well, even well, even before that, like we have Gwen, who um, is going to be thrown into the brig. We don't know where the brig is. We don't know where Starbird is. Wait, I, I don't know. Starbird port. I don't know. Aft, stern. Well, I know aft and stern, sure, but I still don't know my starboard and my port. Port is left. Starboard is right. Is it? Yeah. Port is left. Yeah. Okay. Okay, got it. There you go. Congratulations, Lieutenant Commander. <laughs> Why can't we just use left and right? <laughs> go that way. <laughs> I need you to turn at the big donut. <laughs> Can you turn port at the big donut and hang a starboard whenever you get to the big cowboy? <laughs> Sounds like somebody served a board a lot of space stations that weren't moving very much. <laughs> We're just slowly spinning like this. <laughs> so yeah, like they they have to find the 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 brig for Gwen, and uh, they have to go get some some grub uh, with uh, Jenkinpog and Rock Talk. And uh, I have no idea what he ordered. I think there was like a mushroom or something like that in there somewhere, and then Rock Talk gets like this weird stew-looking... Protein goop that they served her in prison. Yeah. Is this the only thing she's ever ate? But I still have a question about that. 
Like, if this is the only thing she's ever ate, has she lived in this prison her entire life? Because then she goes to confront Gwyn in the brig and says, our only crime was being caught, which would make me believe that she wasn't living her entire life in this prison. So she would have presumably eaten something outside of there. Could be that she doesn't remember it because yeah. she was too young. That's possible. That, that, that's what I was thinking. Either she had been born there, born into um, captivity, or she or she was just like really stupid young. She was like an infant, a toddler for her spe- species, and she doesn't she was a, remember. She was a pebble. She was a pebble. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, she, she, she's she all, wasn't rock she, talk. She was pebble talk. I mean, she's kind of a toddler now. I mean, they gave her a toddler voice. Yeah. You're a bad lady. <laughs> I'm not going to let you do that again. I'm going to put you in a brick. You know. <laughs> How'd that go again, David? No, I'm good. It happened. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Well, so we see Goop, we see them eating, and then we see, like, we, I mean, we're getting the tour of the ship. We got to know where the things are, okay? We know where Mess Hall is. We know we now know where the brig is. We know where the bridge is. And then we find yeah, out. At crew quarters. Yeah. Okay. So bunks. big open hallway of bunk beds. Okay, cool. And then, like, right around the corner is, huge like, captain's huge captain's quarters. Yeah. <laughs> huge. great like that yep like just the the layout just doesn't make sense to me at all i mean i don't think it's supposed to make sense we our other animated series we have people sleeping in the hallways where are they supposed to get dressed (laughs) well on the lower decks in the hallways but you know on the upper decks your room and they share like sonic showers just like in um starship troopers you know what i'm saying that's right. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Well, should we talk more about, um, should we go ahead and talk about, like, the the problem of the week in terms of, like, going to the big shiny red dot on the map? Yeah, I think that's all we've got left. Pretty really. much. And uh, except for, like, um, an explanation of how they, uh, they had so many potential um, shuttlecraft. Oh. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's good. We'll get to that. So apparently, there's this um, this binary star thing that's kind of going boom and causing a bunch of gravitational and other uh, issues in terms of like being able to fly through it in space. And um, Dal and the crew really have no idea what to do. Janeway does, but no, but Dal's not willing willing to listen to Janeway. Of course, because she's the authority. Authority is just a, a means of telling you what to do and how to live your life. And ah, so let's shut down all the power. That'll that'll fix the problem, right, Eric? Have you tried turning it off and turning it back on again? Yeah, it's like everything he does just causes another problem. He's like, divert all power or to the impulse engines, and that shuts off the shield. It shuts off the brig. It shuts off everything the weapons mm-hmm. and, and oh well turn the shields back on but then we don't have enough 
powered for the engines. So the thing I was confused about is he says, you know, like divert all power, you know, and, and like things start to turn off. Okay. Brig goes away. Um, other stuff just starts like shutting down and hologram Janeway is like mid sentence with something and she just disappears. But then later on, she just kind of reappears. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I think she turned herself off at that point. I don't think like the diverting the power is what turned her off. Okay. I, I, that was my interpretation. Yeah, maybe so. I, I think I think the thing that I enjoyed about most about this is that, you know, so in other shows, when you're in crisis scenario, and you do have like reroute auxiliary power or divert all power to forward shields. I mean, those are things that are said. Right. But the fact of the matter is that you're not actually diverting all power to the shields. You're diverting everything aside from you know, major critical systems, right? You know, lights might dim, but you still have life support and, you know, gravity, inertial dampeners, like all this stuff is still there. So it's like, it's a difference between a highly trained crew and then obviously people who don't know what they're doing, which I like because sometimes you'll get shows where they just know how to do everything and you don't have the learning. I actually like the, the, the potential for learning in this show. It's kind of like, it's kind of like space camp, you know, you, you just, oh, I learned how to do all my switches. It's real fun. I learned how to, uh, you know, not put all power into something. You know, that's kind of cool. I love space no, yeah. camp. I, I, I love that. That's like, there's always in all these episodes, like main power is offline, but artificial gravity is never part <laughs> of main power. Like, life support and co2 scrubbers right are never yeah. part of main power those things right. those things right. never go out the lights might go out but artificial gravity never <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah I, I like that so like in this episode uh, you know i'm skipping ahead we'll come back uh when hologram Janeway finally does come back and start to help them there she's like uh oh you just got to push that button over there no no the other button to your right, your other right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, they're actually learning how to do it. It's not just like, oh, I'm Ensign Harry Kim right out of the academy and I know everything of what to do and I'm going to be a senior officer. Right? I am actually learning. Right. And I think that's appropriate for, for this type of show and, like, potentially who it's geared to. It's geared toward a younger audience and you don't have to know how to do everything right away. It's okay to to not do it right away, and there's some learning that that has to be involved. Right, right, absolutely. And uh, I, I guess we can, for the uh, yeah, we can we can kind of finish off the uh, the problem. Um, they they ultimately arrive at the solution of let's just ride the shockwave up on out the river of fire and back into space. Yeah, yeah. but before they do that, before they do that, like, Doll's like, Janeway, I need your help. And she comes back on with her coffee, just <laughs> sipping that little coffee. All you had to do was ask, yeah. sip my coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I 
I laughed so hard. I had to pause the episode when that happened because I was going to miss what was happening because I was just dying laughing when she came on. It was, almost, it was like the Kermit sipping his tea look, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm a hologram with attitude. All you had to do is ask. Yeah, I, I about did a spit take whenever I saw her come back with a cup of coffee. I'm like, are you kidding me? Hologram Janeway has a cup of coffee, people. Let's go. <laughs> oh. Okay. So, yeah, they, they river of fire them, themselves up on out and back into space, and yay. We got to talk. We- yeah, and, and, and hold on. That, that's, I mean, that's a pretty standard Star Trek thing to do. It's like, you know, everything you've tried to do to resist with more technology and more power is not working. So what you have to do is stop fighting it and just kind of go with it. Mm. I think the episode that really comes to mind for me is that booby trap episode, AKA yeah. Jordy is a creep. Jordy is a creeper. Did you <laughs> right? say the, booby trap? They tried. Yeah. Booby trap. Jordy, Jordy is a creeper, right? He creates yeah. the hologram lady that he falls in love with, right? <laughs> that he later meets and she's not yeah. so friendly. Anyway, anyway, um, like they try to throw more power at it, more power at it to get out, but it turns out the solution is to throw less power at it, and that's a pretty standard Star Trek thing here, right? Don't try to fight it, just kind of go with it. Right. Yeah. Ten four rubber ducky. Okay. All right. Are you gonna talk about the other? Yeah. Joke? Yeah. Well. Yeah, that was that's a killer joke. The just like the the fact that like. Yeah, do you want a vehicle, a vehicle, vehicle replicated? Look, okay, in Voyager... That was hilarious. In Voyager, look, it, you know, beginning of the show, it's like, we got to watch out. You know, we got to be careful on uh, terms of, like, all the, the photon torpedoes and whatever that we fire. We got we to save it. We only have so many. And then we start we using, like, shuttlecraft and, like, Crap's hitting the fan, and then we eventually build the Delta Flyer, and and it gets blown and up. it gets blown up. So we build another one, and I swear this had to have been like how they kept kept up with like all their freaking shuttlecraft. Is they had this their own Voyager had to have had its own experimental vehicle replication system. People, make me a shuttlecraft in two minutes, <laughs> and go. Yeah. <laughs> This was fun. This is funny. Like, come on. This is like Star Trek making fun of itself. And it is hilarious. You can't tell me that's no, not funny. No, no. I, I, I don't I, care who you are. That's funny right there. <laughs> I, don't care, I don't care who you are right there. That right there is funny. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it, it, it was fun watching um, Rock Talk and Gwen kind of fight with each other there and why are you why are you doing this to us guys why are you doing this stop it type of thing that was great oh man and that's i mean that's pretty much it i I was thinking um i was thinking that is murph is murph like if we're like talking about like officer positions and dal is like question mark captain uh, zero is helmsman. Maybe I don't know. Navigating Jenkins Pog is the engineer. 
Does that make Murph t tactical officer since his butt is the one that fired all the stuff? Or turned everything on last time? Well, didn't didn't Jankum Pog get he to did. push the button? He got to press the button. The automated targeting. Yeah. He and then I would feel like Rock Talk is like your security officer. That's right? what I was thinking too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But security and tactical is the same thing, isn't it? It, it could be separated. I mean, I think it's separated with uh, with Discovery, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, it's it's separated yeah, with um, it it's too. separated on lower decks. <laughs> who, knows, with, who knows what the crew does on, on they, Discovery? They make this crap up, man. They're I cadets. Mean, they're, they're a family. I still All don't right. even know what before. Like before Tilly got promoted to first officer, I'm still not sure what her job was. Assistant spore drive manager in charge of leisure wear. In, in season shoes. one, in season one, but what was she in season two? Oh, God, who knows? She was the chief <laughs> assistant in season two. She got promoted. She's an ensign now. All right, all right. Listen, okay. listen. In two weeks, we'll be able to talk about Discovery. That's true. Hey, maybe they'll actually have an engineer this year. Man. Like uh, a chief no, engineer. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I think Tig Nataro is going to be in less episodes this season than she was in the last season. Well, yeah, maybe like, you know, Reno's just, you know, she's off eating some Twizzlers, you know, fixing things. You know, all right, let's, anyway, let's bring it anyway, back. Anyway, anyway, back let's to Prodigy. bring it back. Um, was that it? Was that pretty much it? Well, you do I have mean, you, do, you do have Gwen's father, who's now launching go. his own ship thing and cloaking the asteroid, I guess. So he's he's yeah. hot on the trail. This Chimera mineral or whatever they're they're mining is seems to be some pretty powerful stuff. If he can cloak an entire asteroid, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, uh, hmm. I feel like there's an, an unofficial game out there. I'm going to be try and speak cryptically since this is a family show. But I feel like there's a game out there um, that things happen every single time the diviner says, get me my ship. I swear, like, he, he says that line at least like two or three times an episode so far. At least. Did either of you feel like that he that character seems a little overacted? I mean, I think he's a classic children's television show villain. Like, you know, supposed to be over the top. Right? Yeah, I mean, if I were watching 90s cartoons, sure. You know, VR <laughs> troopers or, you know, some random... Power Rangers episode where everybody's just insane, but I don't know, it, just, it just seemed really, really over the top for whatever reason. Eh, I mean, not a big deal, just a little over the top. It's fine. It's fine. I'm okay with it. Well, do y'all want to, um, do y'all feel ready to move into the, uh, the good old evaluation portion of this? Sure. All right. Let's go Delta style first. So, for anyone tuning in for the first time, Delta, we're looking at um, the different as the different um, um, areas of Starfleet. So, we're looking at command and like leadership type stuff. We're also looking at um, science as well as um, engineering. 
uh, and whatnot. So, uh, how well does it show up? How well is it represented in this particular story? So, uh, Dave, would you go ahead and kick us off on this one? Well, I mean, I don't really feel like there's any sort of science going on here. And as far as engineering, I mean, I know Pog is like a kind of engineer, but all they did was look at the engines. Didn't really do anything with them. Uh, command, I mean, can't really say that there's command. I, they basically almost killed themselves. <laughs> you know, and then got out of it by the grace of a hologram. So, I mean, you, you could say the hologram had some command to it, <laughs> you know? But, I mean, I, I don't know necessarily that I would give it any of those. But I, I don't think that's, that, that's not the point of this particular show it's it's training day is yeah. what it is so it doesn't have to be yeah i think that i want to push back a little bit on the leadership a little bit the command because yeah we see we see doll as being the young and brash and i know everything i don't need any help but then part of part of good command and good leadership is you get to a point where you realize that you do need help and when you yep. realize you do need help, you don't hesitate to ask for it. And so I think he does reach that point. He says, Janeway, I need your help. And I'm willing to do whatever you need from me. And, and that, that is part of leadership. So I can see a little bit of it there. And like they do kind of science, science their way out of the problem, don't they? Instead of trying to fight the problem, they're like going into it. So there's a little bit, but yeah, not much in terms of those three things. I wouldn't give it any type of engineering. Yeah, I was going to push back on the science too, just because of um, how, what, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's a, like you say, um, Eric, it's, it's a pretty recurring star trek solution but the fact of the matter is like they did it and um like you have to have like some kind of understanding or acknowledgement at least bare minimum of like the forces and like physics of stuff to be able to to get out of like those gravitational pulls and, and stuff like that so uh realizing that you have to decrease in order to increase so to speak um, I thought it was good. I thought it was good science, at least a good acknowledgement, uh, very like low level, but good. Um, so yeah, like I, I'm, def I'm going to give it science and I'm going to agree with Eric on like the, the leadership thing too. Like you have to, um, at some point you have to just use the resources of people around you. And, um, and sometimes that's swallowing your pride to be a good leader to, um, you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. I've heard that somewhere before. So, uh, all I'm going to say, though, <laughs> I, I understand that. However, if there was not a training hologram, they would be dead. It doesn't matter how much you ask for help. That's a built in narrative for the story. I don't, I don't excuse people for being just ridiculous. 
I mean, that's fair. No, but I get it. I get the I get the point. But again, without the plot narrative of a training hologram, they no ship. They'd be done. Period. Because they weren't. He he wasn't. um, He wasn't ready to deal with really anything at this point. Yeah. Right. He's still too much in himself. And if you think about like I'm I'm I, I am not going to remember enough at this time of night, but we've seen instances of young lieutenants who have come through and in certain iterations of Trek made decisions that are detrimental to their crew and they have people around them that they could ask and maybe they do, maybe they don't. It's kids show, but at the end of the day, if this were geared more towards adults, you'd probably have a lot more damage to the ship. You'd probably have potential casualties. Yeah, again, I don't want to get like too overblown or too big brain on it, but at the same token, like this is something that would have in say TNG led to big damage. I mean, they were literally hit by rocks. You know what I mean? So that, that, that's the only thing. It's fine. I mean, hey, he learned he learned from his mistakes. Maybe he won't make the same mistake next week on Star Trek Prodigy. You know, we'll just have to see. <laughs> <laughs> We might have to have you go down to the uh, the, the voiceover booth and, and be the new God. ship's computer. God. <laughs> All right, let's get into our um, our number rating. So uh, one to ten, one being a dumpster fire, ten being um, absolutely amazing. Um, Eric, what did you think, man? Well, I gotta say, I enjoyed the heck out of this episode. I really did. Um, it wasn't the greatest, you know, twenty four minutes of television but i enjoyed the heck out of it like just seeing janeway we got like like 30 seconds of her last week and we got like her for the entire episode today and it was just great and that you know explanation of what the federation is what starfleet is janeway's sipping her coffee and then at the end she says i've seen my share of wayward crews and i have to say you show great potential. And I just love the heck out of that statement. This is like vintage Janeway, vintage Star Trek material here. And yeah, it was it was short and it was condensed. I get it's for kids. And David, you made a lot of great points there. Like if this was an adult show, we've got a lot of damage, a lot of casualties. And yeah, it, they, they were able to figure out the solution really quick because we're condensing it. But I enjoyed the heck out of this episode. I really did. I don't want to give it like too high of a rating because, you know, I, I think we can get better and I hope we do get better. And so I don't want to put this one at too high and say, well, if the next one's better, it has to, it has to be rated higher. I think I might just go with like a seven, six, seven, seven. I like this episode more than I like the first one because it felt closer to a star trek episode not a star wars episode like last week's did but man i I would i would watch this episode like if i'm just sitting down if i just have like 
a half hour's worth of time to kill. This might be an episode that I would turn on as opposed to a lot of the Lower Decks episodes where I just, I'm not even going to consider turning those ones on. But this is an episode that I might just sit down to watch if I have a half hour to kill. And so I think that that is a good sign. Very good. Very good. How about you, David? It's such a better show. It's it's like such a better show than any of the other stuff we've been watching for a while. Um, yeah, to, twenty four minutes, and it, it really it really made me pay attention to kind of what was going on. I've glossed through a ton of the the, the shows, either watch them in the background or you know, kind of half focus, because it. I mean, Lower Decks isn't very good. It's it's just not a very good show, in my opinion. And the last season of Discovery also wasn't a very good show, in my opinion. Um, you know, how many times have we joked about how much Star Wars can we stuff into Star Wars this week? But in this case, like, the the, the little hints of things that we remember or that could tie back to other stuff, it's small, it's subtle, and it's just really well done. Like the coffee thing. And it was a massive cup. It wasn't like a small little coffee cup. It was a full-on, like, you know, 24-ounce, 32-ounce mug. I mean, the thing was as big as her forearm. You know what I mean? And, I mean, and that that's that's classically funny because of how much coffee she drank and also the the... the timbre of her voice you know being a little having a little bit more smoky husky voice as it was um so i just thought it was it was really well done i like the learning episodes i kind of like you know the beginning of books where they you know especially if you're in a long running series where they kind of like uh, you know, we kind of wrapped up a little bit of what we didn't last, and like, here's where our characters are now, and here's what they're doing before the big adventure starts. I kind of like that kind of stuff. And th- this is the very beginning of their journey. They don't know how to operate this ship. They have zero idea where they're going. There's no mission. There's no plan. It's just kids on a on a super advanced ship, but they have enough in them to propel this thing forward. And hopefully deal with some of the some of the more uh, dramatic events as we go along. And you know, sort of like Rock Talk confronting Gwen with, you know, you basically watched all this happen. You know, you they're taking us and the bad treatment. Yeah, you saved little uwu cat girl, but like, what about the rest of us? And you know. I think she's having her own realizations about how bad all this was and and how she was a collaborator in that whole thing and and how is she going to potentially have a redemption arc of her own. And then, you know, little bits of growth here and there. Um, it's, It's just so much more interesting and so much more thoughtful. It's so much more thoughtful as to what Star Trek has been and I loved when she did the, you know, seek out new life. I loved the speech. I, I really enjoyed the whole, you know, uh, give, give me the Federation charter thing here a little bit and, and little animation of Spock and all that kind of stuff. That, 
that's the kind of stuff that I, I've missed so much because it seems like so much of Star Trek has almost been trying so hard to mock Star Trek when all they had to do was put little subtle things like a giant coffee mug. It literally is that simple for most Star Wars fans. It, or or a Star Trek fans, sorry. Literally is that that simple. And then you got it. So I, I'm, I'm going to go a little higher than Eric because I, I really did enjoy the episode. I thought it was actually a nice little contained weekly episode that didn't it wasn't too big for its britches we're not talking about like crying babies on dilithium planet <laughs> it's just a nice little contained training day episode so I, I i was thinking of maybe like an even eight whoa okay so Last week, I was singing the praises of of this show, uh, especially like with my daughter sitting on my lap watching this. And uh, the thing that I've I liked about last week, and the thing that I continue to like about this week's episode, is that it is not pandering. Like this show is not pandering in the least. I don't think it doesn't dumb things down for the kids, right? It doesn't make it too high browed either uh, to where you have to be a gatekeeper. You have to have 55 years worth of knowledge to be able to enjoy the show. Um, like you pointed out so well, David, like the, just that little nod to like Janeway and her love of coffee with a forearm size, 32 ounce coffee mug is all we really need. Um, like the the long the long term fans are gonna appreciate that, and the other ones are just gonna be like, cool, big old cup of coffee, sweet. Um, I liked it. I liked the 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 overall tone of this. Uh, I think one of the 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 favorite moments uh, for me for some reason was, and I, and I know we kind of like, I don't know, maybe picked on it just a little bit but in the mess hall with rock talk like not knowing what to order because that's the only food that she's ever had or at least that she only has only ever remembered having like that would that just had like a really good emotional tone to it like it it made it made the character have a little bit more depth than just being a big old kid a big old toddler basically um so i really liked that i liked that we balanced, we balanced the emotion, we balanced the drama, we balanced like the Star Trek special sauce, so to speak, all very well together. Um, so for me, um, again, enjoying this episode, really enjoyed this episode, and also watching my my daughter enjoy the heck out of this episode. Like her eyes were glued to it the whole time, and asking me like, "Daddy, what's gonna happen next?" And that was just like that was just so cool um, to experience. So. Um, for me, I think I'm gonna just I'm gonna stick with like an eight, like an eight one, for this. So like right around what I was last time. Like, like you said, David, this I'm I'm just enjoying Prodigy. I think I would enjoy Prodigy regardless of my daughter watching it with me. Um, this is just like of of the Kurtzman era Trek. This is the best in my opinion so far. We haven't gotten to Strange New Worlds, but so far, Prodigy is the best that we've seen, that, that I've seen so far. 
So, um, so yeah, that's that's my rating. Well, before we we get out of here, what I would like to do is um, just go over a quick little um, poll that we've been doing um, over on the Twitter. So, um, let's go to the, let's go to our Twitter poll. the The poll for this one was. Um, if you could say help and someone would appear in hologram form, who from Star Trek would it be? And the choices were, here we go. We got Scotty, Q, Nog, and Neelix. <laughs> There's an eclectic group of characters. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I remember seeing this one. There's an obvious answer, and then there's the answer that everyone picked, or or <laughs> I feel that everybody would pick. Well, I mean, if you need help, you literally have a magical, powerful being yeah. who can snap his fingers, <laughs> and if he wants to, can get you out of any situation. Yeah, exactly. It's just a matter of does he want to help you? Yeah, but I'm betting that everybody <laughs> everybody picks Scotty. Yeah, I mean, Scotty is the miracle worker, right? <laughs> All right, Eric, who would you have voted for? I mean, I, I feel like Scotty is who I would vote for. I Like I said, like if I could convince Q to help me, then I'm picking <laughs> Q, but like, yeah. like yeah. he's probably not going to help me, so I'm going to pick Scotty. All right. Yeah. All right. Same for, same for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, if you could – if. You could make Q do what you wanted to. I mean, it's an obvious choice. He can do anything, but he, he's going to turn into a mariachi band and just laugh <laughs> at you for like 45 minutes. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, it's got to be Scotty. All right. All right. Well, let's, let's go to the poll. So, um, in last place, with 10% of the vote, was Neelix. All right. Yeah, I expected that. Yeah. That's kind of a All toss right. up. Him and Nog. I mean, do I want do, do I want some food cooked for me, or do I want like Latinum advice? I don't want either. Get out of here. Well, hey, that episode, that episode where he like trades all the things, right? Yeah. <laughs> some self sealing stem bolts. I actually, I mean, I like at one point he trades the captain's desk, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, In third place, with 20% of the vote, is Nog. So our our boy Nog coming in third place. All right. Um, Our runner up with 30% of the vote, Mr. Mischief himself, Q. And uh, in topping out as the winner for this particular poll with 40% of the vote was Scotty the Miracle Worker. So there we go, everyone. There we go. We'll, we'll have another poll next uh, for the next episode. Uh, so make sure you hop over to our Twitter, um, at TRTVPod, and you vote. Uh, currently, um, we have one uh, just right now. Um, and it's, it's, I don't know if this will necessarily be the poll that we cover on the next episode, but it's just a poll just for funsies. Uh, which Star Trek would you start a noob off on? And uh, the choices are TOS, TNG, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager. So um, feel free to pop over there and, and check that out. 
Uh, it might be over with, but yeah, it'll definitely be over with. So I'm gonna have to cut this uh, by the time you get you listen to this. <laughs> so we'll have we'll have another uh, we'll have another poll uh, for the next episode. But uh, that's it. Uh, that's it, guys. So thanks for thanks for joining in. Thanks for uh, sharing your thoughts and uh, discussing this episode. We'll be back uh, for episode four of uh, Star Trek Prodigy, which is just weird to say. I don't know why it's so weird. I mean, it's just because we had like that silly two-parter uh, making everything weird now. Freaking A. Anyway. Um, anyways, what did y'all think out there in listener land? Uh, what did y'all think of of uh, this conversation? What did you think of the episode? Um, did you rate it high? Did you rate it low? Uh, what, what was your own Delta rating? We'd love to hear from you. Did you have a good giggle seeing Janeway have a freaking forearm size cup of coffee um, in replicator or in, um, in, in hologram form? Did you, did you like it? Um, let us know. Get in contact with us. TRTVpod.com. You can check us out there. Uh, find ways to listen. If you, um, you know, if you want to stay up to date when new episodes drop without really having to think too much, um, you can go to like Spotify, for example. You can follow us and also hit the bell um, on Spotify to be automatically notified when um, an episode drops. Um, same thing with other um, services like Amazon Music, Audible, um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, places like that. Uh, we're all over the place, so make sure that you're following us, ringing the bell wherever you can um, so that you're notified as soon as a new episode drops. Um, also, tell your friends about this. Um, join our groups. We're on all the socials, TRTV Pod. Um, you can also su- support us financially on Patreon. Uh, if you have an idea for a show, we'd love to hear it. Also, they're on our Hailing Frequencies page, uh, portion of our page. Uh, if you do want to send us an email, make sure it gets to us, trtvpod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. There's a three-minute limit before we fall into the uh, the river of fire, so um, help. Don't, don't take too long. Uh, other than that, if you do want to mail us something, like some goop, that's cool. Make sure you get to the Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Everyone, as we leave here today, may you always remember to boldly go and make it so.